Hey everyone, welcome to the Motivated to Inspire podcast. My name is Jama for the founder of motivatedtoinspire.com. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our series about the giants in the promised land that the Israelites encountered when they were conquering it. And if you missed last week's uh, session when we started the series, be sure to catch up on when we're talking about the Jebusites. And today we're going to be talking about the Gergashites. And um, going straight into it, uh, the Gergashites, they are a people that were known as dwellers of clay or people that live were living in gray areas or people who used to compromise. So they're neither here nor there. That's the kind of behavior that these people had. And we look in the Bible in Joshua chapter 3 verse 10. It says, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Gergashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. So in a nutshell, those um a lot, uh, most of the enemies that Israel encountered in the promised land. And when we think about it, these these um, enemies were, actual, were actually physical enemies, like they were real people that Israelite, the Israelites had to contend with. But today, we might not encounter such uh, physical opponents, if I'm, if I'm to put it that way. But there's a kind of uh, spirit behind all those enemies that manifests itself in in deterring us from becoming all that God wants us to be. And so the Gergashites, the, the, as, as described earlier on, people of compromise were living in gray areas. Another reference that I looked at, they were known as the people of a pilgrimage. So they would go out to one place and then come back then go to another place and then come back. They never were settled on, on a particular place. So they're always not so straightforward about who exactly they were, what what they were doing. And with each and every enemy, this is what we're going to find, um, that there's some kind of uh, spirit or something that, that affects us in our daily lives uh, today. And the land of Israel itself, it represents a place of in, in our daily lives today, it represents a place of maximized potential in our lives. And so these enemies are the type of enemies that keep us from becoming fully maximized in our potential. But we thank God for his word and for his son, Jesus Christ, that when we abide in Jesus Christ, we are able to overcome. And through his word, we are able to defeat all the the vials of the, the, the enemy. And so, yeah, um, they manifest in, in compromise and you, you, you see some of these things in, in people who, who think that they don't have to be as radical or as fanatical about living their lives for, for Jesus. Maybe they go to church on a Sunday, they praise and worship him, and then from Monday to Saturday, they're living their own kind of lifestyle. That is not honoring to God whatsoever. And... I know there's a reference in the Bible which says these people on where Jesus was was complaining about such people. You are saying these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are totally far from me. Though that's those are the kind of people that we, we find in um we who have this kind of uh behavioral trait of, of the Gergashites. They are they are okay with living in compromise. They they can entertain sin 
and then at the same time claim that they are living for for Jesus. Um, other ways that 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 this can manifest is, you no, know, there are people that are willing to compromise on on the truth. So when they have an opportunity to maybe to steal something, maybe from their organization, for example, they'll use that opportunity, maybe using their influence to get a bribe here, get a bribe there, and just keep things quiet underneath the carpet and do as if everything's okay. And yeah, those are just a few examples of the kind of tra character traits you'll find with people who are afflicted by, by a spirit of compromise. And the way that this hurts us now, um, if we look at Revelation 3, verse 15, let me quickly turn there in my Bible so that we get a clear picture of how God actually feels about people that live in compromise. <coughs> Revelation three fifteen, it says, I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you a cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And and that right there is a serious warning from God that he, he's, he definitely does not entertain people that are lukewarm. Because when either you are cold or hot, and when you are cold, someone knows right away that not, I might as well leave this guy because I'm not going to I know what to expect from him, that I can't get his commitment and he's made that clear. And if you are hot, someone knows that they can totally rely upon you 100%. But if you're in between and you're lukewarm, you're always guessing about certain people. Can I count on this guy? Can I not? You know? So it's 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 a displeasing character trait that, that you have to court. And then uh, I think maybe the biggest uh, warning sign as well that we'll get, I'll go to the Bible again, in Matthew 7, verse 21 to 23, which says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And so a lot of people are going to get shocked when they come to the end of their life and they think they've lived the life that God wanted them to, to live. And God will just simply tell them, I, I do not know you. And it should serve as warning to myself as well. I'm also not, I'm not just speaking or preaching to you guys, but I'm also speaking to myself. That when I come to the end of my life, well, what will God say about me? Will he say, well done, good and faithful servant? Or will he say, I never knew, get out of here? You know, this, this is something that we really need to, to think about as children of God. Because when, when we are lukewarm God, there's no way that he can use us. But when we are sold out for him, he can definitely count upon us to fulfill his purpose right here on earth. So I think the best way to think to also look at it is um think of God as like your your head coach if I was putting it in in sport in sporting terms a coach always has his game plan of how his uh, of how a game is going to be played and he's got players uh on on his team 
that he knows that this one has got a role to do over here, this one has another role to do over there. And he gives the instructions to each and every player to say, you do this, you do this, you do that, to so that his perfect game plan can be executed. And we look at that as the, that's like the game of life. And God is our spiritual head coach. And <clears throat> in conventional sports, when a player does not follow the coach's instructions, they are benched or sometimes they're even sold to another team because they are not following what the coach wants them to do. And that's the same thing with us, uh, with the verse that I just read. You know, God is going to simply disown certain people because they never executed his game plan. It doesn't matter if you did something uh, spectacular and you touched people's lives, but if it wasn't part of God's plan for your life, he's going to simply tell you that, you know what, I never knew you. And you'll not make it into his, into heaven, unfortunately. So yeah, I thought I should just share that with you. And um, okay, so now that we've looked at um, the the problem side of it, the the downside of of what that spirit does, how can we then overcome it? You know, we indicated that um, compromise is being double-minded, and another symptom of that is a, a lack of passion. You know, because when you're compromised, you you are your efforts are not concentrated in one particular direction because you are pulled in in in, in many different directions. But when you are focused on one place, focused on one thing, the passion can easily build up to, to execute whatever it is that you're supposed to do. And to develop that passion, really, you need to spend time in the presence of God, uh, meditating on His Word, praying. Um. And actually, and listening to what to what God wants you to do, uh, I think about Moses when he went up on the mountain to when when they were in the wilderness and God was giving him instructions. That's how he eventually wrote the Ten Commandments on the tablets and the instructions to to build the tabernacle. In our own lives today, we when we spend time in prayer, it's almost like where Moses was in the presence of God seeking him at that time. So even with us, when we're not spending time in prayer and meditating on the word of God, where we get that instruction as we, even as we worship him, he, he, he downloads certain things into our spirit and gives us a game plan of, of what he wants us to do, the things that he wants us to execute. And when we have that in our hearts and are clear about what he wants us to do, it builds up that passion to, to follow through on, on, on those commitments that that God has given us to to carry out, and when we look at the Bible, I'm just going to pick out a couple of people who who had that kind of passion for for the Lord. And I think the biggest example for me is the Apostle Paul. And for him, going back to that verse where I was talking about uh, being either hot or being cold, this is one guy who was never in between because before his conversion, again to to the lord he was very dedicated to persecuting the church he was one of the people that were there when um, stephen was martyred and stoned to death and after that he was on a mission to damascus to go and persecute more christians until the lord intercepted him and converted him and to cut a long story short when he was converted he was so much again on fire to do the work of the lord and I think that's one character that really stands out. When he was in the world, he was fully committed to doing worldly stuff. 
And when he was converted by the Lord, he was totally into doing the will of the Lord and advancing the work of the kingdom. When we read also in the book of Second Timothy 4, when he's coming to the end of his life, he, he tells the church that I've run my race, I've fought the good fight of faith, and he, was, he just had that sense of accomplishment that yes, he had played his part and, and, and completed his, his race here on earth. That's the kind of passion that God wants. He wants you to be fully sold out for him. There's a reason why the Bible says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your might. And love your neighbor as yourself. The key thing there, he says, with all. When we're saying with all, it means we're not leaving anything out. <coughs> it means we're giving God our very best. And that's what each and every coach wants from his players. Someone who gives maximum effort. Um, other characters I can think of are Caleb and Joshua. The the ones who who were so eager to take over the, the the promised land when God first gave them that instruction, they only delayed because most of the other Israelites were in unbelief, and they were delayed by forty years. But but then they still followed through on on that promise that God had given them. And Caleb, uh, in particular, at eighty five years old, he he was still so zealous to to conquer and and uh, conquer the, the the land that God had, had promised them, and even Joshua himself, at the end of his life, he gave that command to the whole of Israel that, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There was no room for compromise for him, and we, the the um, the thing that you'll notice about these people that I've described is they are the ones that we we talk about today. They are the ones who are the most memorable people. We, we we think about uh, today because they did great and mighty exploits and because of that passion that they had, they were able to do great and mighty things. Whereas without that kind of commitment or passion, yeah, living in compromise, we never um, hear stories about such people because they never did any, anything significant. Um, others that I can think of, in the present day, uh, Alex and Stephen Kendrick, or more commonly known as the Kendrick Brothers, these are the guys that have created the movies like Facing the Giants, War Room, and uh, Fireproof. Movies that have had such a huge impact, not only in their local area, but on an international level, where marriages have been transformed by uh, the movie Fireproof, um, War Room, one of their latest movies was about prayer and it has taught a lot of people about how to pray, how to have prayer strategies and accomplish things in the spirit realm first before they actually manifested in the physical. And whenever I hear these this guys speak, you know, I've watched certain interviews and you can tell the level of passion and commitment that they have to advance the work of the Lord. And because of that, you know, God can keeps using them to do greater and greater and greater things. Because this is what happens actually when <clears throat> when you do great stuff for God and you've fully given yourself of Him, He blesses you with more responsibility, which comes with greater rewards as well in the process. But if you're someone who's always living in the gray areas, you never achieve anything significant with your life. 
And so it's always a good thing to 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 fully commit yourself to to giving yourself of the Lord. Because as as you are faithful with the little things, you'll also make you faithful with, with much. But it needs hundred percent effort on your part. Okay, and then well looking at uh well other examples, which I could say maybe are worldly examples, we had people like Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, one of the biggest companies in the world today. Um he was someone who was so passionate about his products and the vision that he had. And because of his commitment and getting the right people to work in his in his um organization, he's become one of the biggest um brands in the world today. We have also people like Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, which does the solar powered vehicles and stuff. And his company as well is worth billions and billions of dollars. Um based on what I some some findings that I did recently. And so the the principle applies both is whether for whether you're a believer or not, but as long as you exhibit that passion, people see and you you get rewarded for for that level of commitment. Uh, one that also sticks out for me is um, uh, Michael Jordan as well. He was um, he is widely regarded as one of the best uh, basketball players of of all time um, because of his level of commitment and passion for for the game. And um, I remember the first time that they won a championship in the early 90s, he, the, his team, the Chicago Bulls, they came up against the experienced Los Angeles Lakers, which had names like Magic Johnson, um, Sam Worthy, sorry, Sam Perkins and, and James Worthy. These are people who had experience that had won five uh, titles before. But the interesting thing there is a lot of people sometimes might use a lack of experience as a reason why they cannot win. But the difference is, while the Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls didn't have that experience of winning an, an NBA title, they had the passion to, to win and to conquer. They had that, they had that um, I could say they had more hunger than the other team to win. And that is what helped them to win their first championship and build a dynasty that lasted throughout the 90s. Um, and they won, I think, six titles in the process, setting so many records as well uh, along the way. And so that's that's what a level of commitment, a level of that kind of level of passion does for you. It helps you to achieve so much more than you could actually imagine for yourself. And so, guys, um, that's really what I wanted to share with you today. It's um, if you call yourself a believer, just remember it's important to to give your best effort to God, because Jesus, Him dying on the cross, He gave His best effort for you. Were it not for His sacrifice of giving up His life for you and me, we would not be here today, and we would be condemned to to a life of um, hellish living, if I'm to put it that way. So if God if God could give us his best by sending us his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, how can we not give our best as well to live our lives and be sold out for God? So I encourage you that wherever you are in life today, just make that commitment 
to be passionate, to give yourself, to give the best efforts um, to everything that you're doing and live for the glory of the kingdom of God as well. So thank you for tuning in. Next week, we're going to continue again and look at another enemy that the Israelites faced in the promised land. And uh, be sure as well to follow, to go to our blog, motivatedinspire.com to get more inspiration from there. So until next time, may God bless you and be all that you can be. Take care.